Praise the Lord. Heaven is sounding sweeter all the time. Amen. And uh, I said, heaven sounding sweeter all the time. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Is this mic on? All right. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a great reminder uh, of the joys of heaven. You know, uh, that's the thing about having a relationship with the Lord, often equated to how, uh, I know it's not always that way, but uh, the Bible makes a lot of comparison to uh, the love of, of Christ and the church uh, as a husband and wife and family and those types of things. And uh, praise the Lord, I, you know, certainly there's a lot of things I'd like to go back and do better as a husband. Uh, but uh, I am one that can stand and say, praise the Lord. I, I feel like I love my wife more today than I did even when we got married. Um, but even greater than that is that as we get to know Christ better and better, the more we love him. Amen. Now, he loves us the same. Uh, but as we get to know him better, uh, we certainly love him better or we should. Amen. If you're not loving him better than you was, there might be something wrong. <laughs> And you might need to go back and, uh, and maybe just get saved, amen. I, I tell you, uh, there's nothing better uh, than living for Jesus, amen. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus chapter 40. Exodus chapter 40, we've been, uh, this is the, I think the fourth uh, message that we've been looking at. We've been talking about uh, patterns of the tabernacle. And uh, today we're not talking about the, pattern, the tabernacle itself, but the pillar of cloud uh, that uh, would abide over the tabernacle. Um, and so we're going to be looking at that and see, looking at a pattern uh, of that. And we're going to read about that, first of all, a couple of different places. But Exodus chapter 40, when you find Exodus chapter 40, if you're physically able, stand with me in reverence to the Word of God. In just a few verses, going to read the last uh, uh, five or so verses of uh, Exodus 40, beginning with verse 33. Beginning with verse 33, and we find here uh, the tabernacle is complete, and Moses is going to rear it up. And it says there in verse 33, and he, that would be Moses, reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar, and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Now notice what it says, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, uh, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Uh, this morning we are just simply looking at the pillar of cloud. Father, we ask your blessing upon the preaching of the word. Father, we thank you for the good fellowship, uh, for our congregational singing. Thank you for the wonderful special. And Father, we pray now that we'll settle in, uh, Father, to these next several minutes, Lord, to the preaching of the Word of God. Father, I hope and pray that you'll bless. I hope that your Holy Spirit will roam every pew and every aisle. Father, that you'll speak to every heart that's in here today, Lord. I believe we're all here uh, by divine appointment. Brought, you believe you've brought us here to this point in time. Father, uh, as believers even, uh, that need to be reminded of some things, to be encouraged in our heart. Uh, about uh, our Savior, and certainly for those, Lord, that may be here today that are not saved, not sure they're saved, or maybe not even really understand what all that means, that through the preaching of the Word of God, 
<clears throat> Lord, that uh, you'll speak to hearts and uh, certainly if anyone needs to be saved, that today would be the, be the day they would accept Christ as their Savior. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> you know, when we think about this, this uh, I would say, a remarkable sight, <laughs> you know, of the pillar of cloud. I know we read about it not just here, but other portions of Scripture. We'll take some time to look at some other Scripture as well. I mean, what a, what a sight that would have been. I mean, I've, I've tried to imagine it. I don't, I don't think we could ever understand the actual look or even the feel of it. Uh, you know, all that's a mystery certainly to us today. And uh, you'll find that there's a lot of studies, commentaries, if you will, uh, on the pillar of cloud. And, and uh, today we're, we're looking at it as we have the tabernacle really as a pattern for us today. And so, you know, when we think of that... that uh, pillar of cloud, we always want to go back, you know, the, the law of first mention. You guys hear me say that sometimes. And so we actually hear about this cloud before the rearing up of the tabernacle. And for us to do that, just to kind of set some context, hold your place there. We'll probably come back. But turn to the book of Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. And this is where we first read about this pillar of cloud, if you will. And we know by the day it would be in the appearance of a cloud, by night the appearance of fire. And so it's the same, same pillar, if you will, uh, but seen differently uh, between the day and the nighttime. But we see there in Exodus chapter 13, very important chapter in the Bible, uh, after Pharaoh has let the children of go, um, it tells us that, that um, the children of Israel, they gathered, they gathered up the bones of Joseph even, and they left Succoth. Uh, they would go by the way of the Red Sea. And then in verse 21 and 22, it says, And the Lord went before them, and here's where we find the mention of this pillar, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead, them the, to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And so this is where we <clears throat> first read about this pillar of cloud. Now, we know how this pillar of cloud, most of us know, that is probably that if we study this, that certainly the, the pillar of cloud was certainly that, that protecting wall, if you will, uh, between the Egyptians and the Israelites, and we'll look at this later, as they cross the Red Sea. And uh, so, so we look at this today, and we go back to Exodus chapter 40, Exodus chapter 40, and, and we kind of want to look at it because we're wanting to tie this really into the tabernacle as well. But we see that after God had given these instructions, and we've preached three different messages on those instructions over the last several Sundays and what they meant, the, the spiritual significance of those things, and the patterns of those things. I hope that's been a blessing to you. And today we're doing the same thing using the pillar of cloud itself. But we see there in Exodus 40 that after the instructions were given and after all the parts were ready to assemble, the, the tabernacle is reared up for the first time. But we know that, that it would be taken down and, and, and put up again several different times, as is indicated by our, by our scriptures. And so this pillar of cloud would cover the tabernacle uh, once it was built. Now remember, it was there before, but once the tabernacle is built, that pillar of cloud would stay over the tabernacle. So our question is, what does this pillar of cloud represent? And more importantly, as we think about our series, what, what is the pattern for us today? In other words, what would God want us to understand? 
And namely, I want us to see, and I believe it's the correct interpretation, no doubt, according to the scriptures, as we'll look at some scriptures, but this cloud, namely for us today, is a pattern of Jesus Christ himself. Amen. And we're going to see some wonderful things there uh, uh, that connect all this together, and I believe it'll be a great a great encouragement for you today. And so, now for the Israelites, certainly it was the visible presence of God. I mean, it represented even the glory of God. Uh, and so one could, could make reference to this cloud as the glory of God. Now, I, I, you know, sometimes we think it's not a Bible phrase, but we think of the Shekinah glory of God. Uh, I don't know that it was all the time His full glory. It may have been, I don't know. Uh, but uh, we know that that there are people in Scripture, even in the Old Testament, that got a glimpse of this glory. In other words, this, uh, uh, this, this glory of God, if you will, even around the throne itself in heaven. Ezekiel was one of those. And I have it here on my notes. It says in Ezekiel 128, he's talking about this. He says, that's the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. He's talking about what we know as a rainbow today. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. There was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake. And we also think about Moses. Remember, after being in the presence of God on the mount, uh, we looked at this somewhat a couple of weeks ago, but we know that the Bible reveals that that glory that he experienced on Mount Sinai had caused his own very face to shine so much that Moses had to, to wear a veil himself uh, because the people couldn't even look on him. And so again, the glory of the Lord is something to, to think about and certainly represented in that pillar of cloud, certainly concerning the children of Israel. And so God, no doubt, in this pillar of cloud going all the way back to Exodus 13, but certainly at this time in Exodus 40, He was now in the presence of His people. And by the way, that's something He had always promised them. And we think about today, God, God today makes that same promise to His children, not just to the children of Israel, but certainly to those that are saved. Uh, and after we saw last week where we're saved, uh, what does our body become? It becomes the, what, temple of God. Amen? Uh, so if you're saved tonight, your body, after being born again, becomes the temple of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. So much for it's my body, I can do what I want, right? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. What a wonderful reminder that if you're saved, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But today we're going to see this pillar of cloud uh, as a pattern of Jesus Christ. And, and this is really exciting. I, I, I've really enjoyed these, this, this series of messages. Uh, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, we read where it says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. So what is he, you know, we, we, we're seeing this. A tabernacle of God is with men, and the Bible says, And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. No doubt this is in reference to Jesus Christ being, again, the tabernacle of God, being with men. And certainly, as Miss Sharon just sang about there, we look forward to, to reigning with this visible Christ. Amen. One day we'll, we'll get to look Him in the eye. One day, believer, we'll no longer need faith because we'll be living by sight. Amen. And I look forward to that day. 
And so, but as a tabernacle ourselves today, we know, listen, that we have the presence of Christ in us. You say, well, I don't always feel that. Well, forget about your feelings. Just believe what God says. And if you're saved, you have Christ in you. Amen? And what a tremendous thought uh, that is today. Now, we understand that's through the work of the Holy Ghost. And so the children of Israel had the presence of God with them to guide them through the wilderness. And if you're saved today as a believer, you have the presence of God in you to guide you through this world. And is it not a wilderness out there? Amen. I mean, isn't it not the, I mean, we, we see the same things the children of Israel dealt with. We see those things today, right? And I just want you to understand, if you're saved today, God is in you. Amen. You're a tabernacle and you are indwelt with the Holy Ghost today. Amen. And so praise the Lord. Don't ever let the devil talk you out of that. But I want to look at some patterns, again, of the pillar of cloud. Certainly a pattern of Jesus Christ. Number one, the pillar of cloud, a pattern of the Son of God. And we say, well, who was in the pillar, uh, who was in that pillar? Well, we know it was God. And we'll read some scriptures here in just a minute. We've also read uh, last week in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. But we focused on that first part, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Who was in the pillar? God. Who was in Christ? God. Amen? Uh, uh, Throw that one on the Jehovah's Witnesses when they come and visit you, amen? Let them try to explain that. So let's think about this for just a moment, though. God in the cloud. And let's just, let's just think about if, if uh, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, we, we talked about that badger skin. Remember that, that badger skin over the tabernacle? We'll come back to that in just a moment. And, and we think of, of, uh, of a cloud, but we also think a pillar of a cloud. You know, those two words in, in our way of thinking today, they don't go together. Because a cloud, we think of a cloud, it's, you know, something that's, that's kind of wispy. Clouds are, are somewhat weak. Every once in a while, clouds are pushed down to where we can just walk through a cloud if we want to, right? A cloud is, is, is quite fragile. Uh, the wind just kind of takes it wherever it wants to go. They move with ease. Uh, you know, anything will just pass through a cloud. It, it can't resist anything. But the cloud over the tabernacle was described as a pillar, now, when we think of a pillar, now there we think of a pillar, we think of strength, don't we? We think of something that's strong. And so the Bible says a pillar of cloud. God says uh, a pillar of cloud. I think that that's interesting as we think about our Lord and Savior from last week as we studied the, the four layers of the top of the tabernacle and we talked about that, that one that was made, uh, we believe, out of seal skin, but it wasn't very pretty to look at. It was kind of common looking. Does it not say in Isaiah 53, 2, we looked at it uh, last week, speaking of Jesus Christ, He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. You know, His outward appearance, Christ, certainly wasn't uh, like we see in the paintings today. Amen. Uh, first of all, we have no idea what Jesus looked like. Uh, but, but certainly we think of uh, inside that, that fleshly tabernacle, if you will, dwelt the power of God. He might have been, uh, again, he, he was a tender plant even, that same verse says, a root out of dry ground even. I mean, his physical appearance was not impressive. In many ways, he condescended. He, hey, listen, he, 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 in that body, he was limited to some degree. He knows what it is to be sick. He knows what it is to cry. He knows what it is to have a headache. He knows what it is to be hungry. He knows what it is to be thirsty. Now, remember, this is God. 
So in that, in that sense, that frail human tabernacle, though, dwelt the power of God. A pillar of cloud, if you will, just as the pillar of cloud was. Uh, and, and so much so that even the wind and the waves obeyed his voice. Amen. At his command, demons would flee shrieking. The dead would rise. A pillar of cloud, right? His teaching and preaching, you know, would leave the religious elite, you know, cowering in the corner, ashamed, right? He was a pillar of cloud. Now, to the lost uh, today, we think of Jesus Christ. The, I think the, in many ways, you know, what, what a lot of people call that, you know, you, you just, you, listen, you, you have all this religion, you, you need a crutch. Isn't that what they sometimes say to that degree? Hey, you can't, you know, the reason you need this Jesus because you just can't live your own life. And I say, amen, you're right. I can't. <laughs> I'm like, preach it, brother. You know, they think that's a bad thing. That's actually a good thing, right? But to the lost, they don't see Christ as they should see Christ. They, they see him as a badger skin, if you will. They see him as a cloud. Uh, because if they would see him as, as those of us that are, that are saved, uh, they, they would certainly want to be saved. But instead, some even see Christ in a religious manner, uh, there's a lot of different denominations out there that uh, give a nod to Jesus Christ, uh, you know, like we might give a nod to John the Baptist, uh, how we might give a nod to Elijah or Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, even in Jesus' day, that who, that's who many thought that he was, that he, he was probably Elijah or Jeremiah or John the Baptist that had come back from the dead. But the question that Jesus might be asking to all of us today is he asked Peter, but whom say ye that I am? Who do you say that I am? And uh, we should all want to answer as Peter did, thou, right? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Is Jesus to that you today? Hey, listen, I just want you to understand some things. Hey, listen, this, this, is, uh, this is real, uh, and we see a pattern. Yes, he walked upon this earth in human flesh, but he is God. Amen. And if you don't know him as your Savior, you're in a heap of trouble right now, but you can be saved. So number one, we see the pillar of cloud certainly as a pattern, a picture of Jesus Christ. Number two, the pillar of cloud represented the, the everyday needs of the Jews being met. And as you study this out, I encourage you to do so. The cloud was really the visible evidence of the invisible God. Is that not what Jesus is? Right? And so Jesus Christ, who no doubt by, was seen by many not only before his resurrection, but after his resurrection, amen, is the visible one of the invisible one. It says in Hebrews 1.3, talking about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person. Talking about Jesus being the express image of God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? That's exciting things to think about. Even in John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus would say of himself, I and my Father are one. Amen. He is God. In Christ, we have God dwelling in us, amen, not just with us as the, as the pillar of cloud, but dwelling in us, just as God dwelt in that pillar of cloud, the visible evidence of the invisible God, amen, inside of us. And hey, that's, that's what meets our everyday needs, amen. Greater is he that is in me, right, than he that is in the world. And so praise the Lord for that wonderful truth. Again, being revealed even in this pillar of cloud, we know that God spoke to the children of Israel out of the cloud. For time's sake, we won't go there. You can read about that in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Uh, as the children of Israel sojourned, God sojourned with them. 
and he spoke to them out of the cloud. And, and really, it, it wasn't that, actually, I kind of said that backwards. Um, it isn't that God was going where they were going. They were going where God was going. <laughs> Amen. That'll preach, won't it? Amen. Might be your problem is you're wanting God to go with you instead of you going with God. Amen. I wish I'd have thought of that sooner. I probably would have elaborated on that a little more. It just hit me. I want us to go to the book of Numbers, chapter 9. The book of Numbers, chapter 9. Numbers, chapter 9. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? Don't you love seeing your Bible come to life? Don't you see reading your text, even in the Old Testament, and seeing Jesus all the way through it? Does that not excite your soul this morning? Amen. I don't know what you're going through, but that'll help you right there. Uh, Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapters 9. Notice what it says here. Let's look at verse 15. Numbers chapters 9. Chapter 9, that is, beginning with verse... Um, I'm not really sure. Verse 15, I believe, is where I want to start. And again, it's giving us some more information about the pillar of cloud. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at eve there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So we have some familiar scripture that we read about already. So it was always, notice that word always, the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night, always. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel sojourned, I'm sorry, Israel journeyed, and in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. They went where the cloud went, right? At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle, and often it did, many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. They stayed put. Amen. Amen. Verse 20. And so it was, when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, uh, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was, when the cloud abode from even unto the, from even unto the morning, uh, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed, whether it was by day or by night, that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. So in other words, what that's saying here, and it's very deliberate in the wordage there, is whether the cloud stayed there for a day, uh, if it left, they got up and journeyed. If it stayed there for a year or two, that's where they stayed. If it left in the middle of the night, they left in the middle of the night. If it left in the middle of the day, they left in the middle of the day. Amen? Praise the Lord. There's a great lesson in that, isn't there? Uh, you know, we, we, we are a people of convenience, are we not? We, 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 we want to serve God when everything fits our liking, when all the planets are lined up just right. When everything is... You know, when I don't have this going on, I don't have that going on, then, then I'll follow God. Uh, we got it backwards. Amen. We just need to follow God, right? And, and, and when we think about that, I think there's a great, great lesson in that. And so God would not only speak to the children of Israel, but he led the children of Israel with, you know, in the form of this pillar. And we think about, we've spent some time on Sunday nights talking about the Great Commission, amen, soul winning and sharing the gospel with people. And it tells us in Matthew 28, verse 20, talking about the Great Commission, Jesus says, Lo, I am with you. What's the next word? Always. Amen. Always. Just like he was there. Uh, and so Jesus says in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful verse as well? And so all these wonderful things point really to a, a wonderful truth, a wonderful thing in and of itself, that everything that we need today 
Christ will supply. Amen and amen. I tell you, I think sometimes we're not living that way. We say it, we might even amen it, but we don't really live that way. And again, I believe that, that God would really want us to get a hold of this and understand it. So I believe he's given us this great word picture that, that, listen, we sing that song, Christ is all I need. Do we really mean that? Do we really mean it? Christ is all I need until he takes a family member of mine. Christ is all I need until I lose my job. Christ is all I need. You see what I'm getting? And then all of a sudden, it's not all I need. I need Christ and those things. I'm just telling you, we need to get to the point, and hey, I'm not there myself, though I'm not trying to puff up here. I'm just saying we need to get to that point, though. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I believe God's trying to show us some things in this pillar of cloud. Listen, they didn't do anything until that cloud told them to do it or led them to do it, and we need to be the same way. In that pillar of cloud is where Israel found their protection. Again, I'm speeding up here a little bit. Their supply, uh, it kept them clothed. Do you realize their garments never wore out? Their shoes never wore out? Daily the manna fell. The rock came from the water, amen? Or the water came from the rock, if you will. I mean, think about this for just a second. Now, we can't fathom what all that was look and even felt like, but when they looked up during the day and they saw the pillar of cloud or they looked up and saw that pillar of fire, they might have been going through something tough at that time, but they knew their needs were met. Amen. Amen. You say, but preacher, we don't have a pillar of cloud. You know, if God would give that to me, maybe it would help me. Well, he has given you a pillar of cloud. It's called the Bible. You should read it, study it, start living by it. It'll bless your life, amen? We don't have a pillar or cloud, but listen, we have something even greater. We have the Word of God, amen? Your attitude towards the Bible is your attitude towards God, right? Open your Bible, and you'll realize that Jesus will meet all your needs. You just seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. That's good stuff. Praise the Lord. Number three, God would look through the pillar of cloud. Let's go back to uh, Exodus 14. Exodus 14. Amen. You guys are kind of tough on me today, but I'm just going to keep preaching. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14, verse 24. Exodus 14, verse 24. A great chapter. We find here the crossing of the Red Sea. What a great time in the history of Israel that was. Probably wasn't fun at the time, but certainly a milestone in the history of, of Israel even today. Exodus chapter 14, verse 24. And it says, And it came to pass, and in the children of Israel, you have the, the Egyptians, you have the pillar of, of, by this time, fire, and then you have the children of Israel, then you have the Red Sea. And it says there in verse 24, And it came to pass, and in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians, notice, through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Now notice what it says there very carefully. The Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire. So number three, God would look through the pillar of cloud. And again, we're talking about Jesus. God was looking through the pillar of cloud, no doubt, uh, from both sides. But here, there at the Red Sea, on that one side of the Egyptians, it was dark, it was fearful. Uh, but on Israel's side, we know that even though it was night, it says morning, but we know that it was night, there was light, there was safety, and there was a way of escape. Amen. And what a wonderful story that is. Now, let's think about Jesus. This is a pattern of Jesus, right? What's the pattern? Well, think of the cross of Calvary for just a moment. 
Think about it. See it reared up, if you will, standing on a hill far, far away, a hill called Golgotha, a hill called the place of the skull. That is Christ on that cross, listen, just like that pillar of cloud coming between man and sin. Amen. It's a pattern of Christ. That ought to excite our hearts. In many ways, God the Father looks through God the Son at us. And aren't you glad? And you guys have heard me say it. It's true. When God looks down upon my life, in other words, uh, uh, as far as the penalty of sin goes, He sees not me, but He sees the blood of His Son. He sees me through Christ. And because of that, I'm forgiven today. And so are you. Amen. Not of anything that I've done, not of works, because I'd be able to boast about that, right? But because of what Jesus has done. Hey, listen, it's a pattern. Listen, God looks through Christ even today, and we ought to thank God for that, that mediator. And so uh, we see the cross, and, and uh, it was through Christ, certainly, that salvation comes. It, uh, it's also through Christ that God's going to judge the world. You know, uh, Acts 17, 31, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man. Who's this man? Whom he hath ordained. Who's that man? Whereth he had given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. That tells you who that man is, doesn't it? Who's the only one to be raised from the dead? Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ will be, listen, the world, the sinful world is going to be judged through Jesus Christ. We're saved through Jesus Christ. If we don't get saved, we'll be judged through Jesus Christ as well. Then number four, we'll be almost done. The children of Israel were safe when they stayed in sight of the pillar of cloud. We saw earlier in other uh, texts there that when the cloud moved, Israel moved. Amen. There's a great lesson in that. When the cloud stood still, they stood still. Uh, sometimes, as we mentioned there, it would rest for extended periods of time, sometimes for a short time, sometimes the, the, the cloud would move for days even. And sometimes it might only just move for a day. But no matter what, the children of Israel, you know, if they were smart, they kept the cloud inside. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And that cloud, like an umbrella of protection, you guys hear me say that phrase a lot, an umbrella of protection, uh, listen, was best utilized. What's the be where's the best place uh, when it comes to your umbrella? Where's the best place to be if it's raining outside? Under it, right? It don't do you no good if it's in the car, which that's how it goes. You know, I bring it in the house, and then I go somewhere, and then I need it, and it's not there, and then, then I put it in the car, and it's raining, and then I need to get from the house. You know, it's never where I need it, right? And a lot of people treat God that way, right? Hey, listen, it, it, listen they, they, they were able to utilize the presence of God as long as they kept the pillar of cloud in sight. And there's a great spiritual lesson in this. I mean, don't we get into trouble when we lose sight of Christ? Believer? I, I, I'm preaching to believers right now. You know, what, 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 why is it that, that children of God that will make heaven their home someday struggle in life? Well, because I think they get out of the sight of God. Amen? And it's spiritually speaking. Now, there's nowhere we can go without being in the sight of God. But you understand what I'm saying. Do we not get in trouble when we lose sight of the church house? Amen? Do we not get in trouble when we lose sight of our Bibles? Do we not get in trouble when we lose sight of the Word of God? Amen? Do we not, do we not get into trouble when we lose sight of our prayer closet? Yeah. When we lose spiritual sight of Christ, hey, listen, we'll struggle as believers. For you can count on it, as a matter of fact. And when we struggle to see Christ as we need to see Christ, then, then we lose spiritual sight in other areas as well. 
all of a sudden I've lost sight. Now I don't really see a, really a need to be on fire for souls. Don't really see a need to go to be a witness unto the world. Don't really see a need to serve in the local New Testament church. I, I don't see a need to be faithful and consistent. I don't see a need to tithe and give to the ministry. I, listen, I've just lost sight of things. I, and when you lose sight of that, you lose sight of other things. It's a terrible thing to lose the sight of Christ. We lose vision. We lose zeal. I love the old-timers would say Holy Ghost unction. I'd say that, boy, Holy Ghost unction. Boy, we need that today, don't we? I say we, me. When we lose sight, when we lose touch with the Lord, these types of things creep into our life and many more. But the great thing is, all we need to do is turn our eyes upon Jesus. Amen. Look unto Him, the Bible says. And listen, maybe, maybe even right now, listen to that still small voice. That urging where God is saying, you're losing sight of things right now. The thing is, you can make it back right, amen? And of course, we'll finish up here. We have to end with this thought concerning the lost. You know, you cannot see God until you see Christ as your Lord and Savior. Does the Bible not say that no man, Jesus said, no man cometh unto, unto me, but, or no man cometh unto God but by me? That's what Jesus said. You say, well, I'm a good person. I'm glad you're a good person. We need good people. You say, well, I've been baptized. Well, I think believers ought to be baptized. I say again, believers ought to be baptized. Uh, well, I give. Well, amen. We, we ought to give. We, we ought to do. But, but listen, that don't save you. Jesus saves. And, and that's, that's where we, hey, listen, I want you to understand, you cannot see God until you see Christ as Lord and Savior. You can be as religious as you want to be, but it's not going to happen to you except Christ as Savior. I think about that looking through the pillar, God looking through the pillar. What side of the pillar are you on today? Are you on that dark, fearful side? Or are you on the side of light? And if you are, you say, yeah, I'm on the side of the light. Well, then why are you living like you're on the side of dark and fear? Amen? I mean, God's real, right? Just some great questions there to ask. Is God looking through the pillar as he did the enemies of Israel that day? Hey, listen, if you're not saved, that's how he's seeing you. And we know we can read the Bible and we know that they would all perish in a flood of judgment. And you will too if you die in your sins today. You need to be saved, amen. You need to look and live, right? Call upon the name of the Lord. Isaiah 45, 22 says that very thing. Look unto me, be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Amen. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. God's speaking to your heart this morning. You step out and come. Amen. The invitation is open at any time you want to come and do business with the Lord. If you're here today and you're saved, uh, I encourage you to come to this altar, do business with the Lord. Maybe He's revealed some things to you. To think about this Christmas season coming up and certainly a time that we ought to be rejoicing in the birth of a Savior, uh, but also rejoicing that we have a resurrected Savior as well. And to know that we have God not just with us, but in us. 
We ought to be living for him the best that we can. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your struggle is. But it's nothing that God can't take care of. Maybe you just need to come and rest in his arms for a little while. And if you're here today and you're not saved, you don't know Christ as your Savior, certainly you need to come. Get my attention. 